I hope you recognize that theme song. We let it play just a little bit longer today because if you recognize it, it means you are a return listener here for our weekly Bible study. Let's talk about Jesus right here on our website. Welcome back if you're a return listener. And if you're a brand new listener, we welcome you today as our guest. And if you are not a Christian today and you've discovered our website, you're intrigued by something you've seen or heard and and you want to hear this message from the Word of God today. Uh, and I believe it's going to be a blessing. I know it's going to be a blessing. I take that back. I know it's going to be a blessing to you today because we have a common ground situation that we are in right now in the world. And that common ground that we're in is that we are in the last of the last days. And the Bible said perilous times shall come in the last days. They are here, and we are in the midst of them. It is called the beginning of sorrows in the in the New Testament. Uh, it is a sign uh, that the tribulation is going to come uh, very shortly, and Jesus Christ coming is very, very near for his people. But until he comes, as Christians, we're to occupy until he comes. And he's not talking about just surviving, uh, living in this fallen world under the curse that sin has brought, but actually thriving in the midst of all of the pressure all of the problems and all of the persecutions. That's why the title of our message today is The Precious Trying of Our Faith. The Precious Trying of Our Faith. This is a new perspective on trials and testings, and we need to get this wisdom from God, from the Word of God. And we find our scriptural for our text today in context is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Let me say this on the onset in scripture. The word precious is used in the context of priceless things, things so valuable, no price could be compared to the true worth. Here in First Peter, we find many times that word is used describing what we should value above anything and everything and everyone in this world. Precious, precious is the trying of our faith. Precious, the like precious faith that we have, we need to hold as that valuable. Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. The Word of God, all, all of the things that the world looks at as, as foolishness, we hold as most valuable and most precious. And one of those things that Christians have a problem with, with esteeming as precious, is when we're going through trials and we're going through testings. That's why we need the wisdom from the Word today that God offers us. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, addressing in this case those Christians who had to leave their jobs, their homes, their families, be ostracized and be persecuted and in some cases run for their very life and, and go out uh, like, <laughs> you know, like, like 
pilgrims and strangers that they were uh, to go out and and just just say well what's going on we've come to Jesus our sins have been forgiven and we have a covenant with God and look at the circumstances that we find ourselves in so let's look at what it says here this is this is what Peter said unto them first Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. The first thing we need when these intense trials and tests come is grace that is sufficient. We need to discover the sufficiency of God's grace. Amen. The Apostle Paul was so mighty in the Word and so mighty in his walk with God. He is credited with writing 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. And the Bible said there was an emissary from Satan sent to buffet him. And whatever it was, it could have been that thorn in the flesh that he spoke of. Whatever it was, it was so troubling to him. He, he prayed that God would remove it so that he could go forward without this constant buffeting, this reoccurring pressure being brought to bear on his life. He prayed three times, and there was no answer in terms of a change in his circumstance. But when the answer came, it was to change him in spite of the circumstance. Not, not, the, not the answer he would maybe have chosen or wanted initially unless he got a new perspective on trials and tests. And God spoke to him and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is perfected in weakness. You see, the Apostle Paul was being reminded through this that was wearing on him and laying heavy upon him that he still needed Jesus as much as he did on the road to Damascus or when he, he was struck with blindness and needed a Christian to pray for him. Though he had the third heaven experience, though he had many revelations from God, though he was an apostle with the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit in full operation, he needed Jesus as much at the pinnacle of his spiritual strength as he did when he was <laughs> laying like a dead man before the presence of Christ on the road to Damascus. But he didn't know that until God began to show him that. And he said, lest I be lifted up above measure through the many revelations that I'd received, there was given to me, allowed in the permissive will of God, an emissary from Satan to buffet me. <laughs> Amen. Lest I what? Be lifted up above measure. And when God told him, I'm not going to take this from you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you need to endure it and overcome it 
and accomplish my will and purpose in spite of it. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Apostle Paul, recognizing that what had weakened him, brought him to a place of humility and dependence and kept him from the sin of pride and self-sufficiency. He said, I'm going to take pleasure. See, that that he thought was was just going to wear him down and wear him out when he discovered the sufficiency of grace and the peace that passes all understanding. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. That's what we need. And that's what God is ready and will grant us if we will recognize what He wants to accomplish in us in the midst of the trial and in the midst of the test. Remember the story of Samson? When the Spirit of God came on him and he took, he looked for a weapon because a thousand Philistine soldiers came against him. The enemies of Israel bent on their destruction. He picked up the only thing he could find. The only thing God let him have for a weapon when the Spirit of God came on him was the jawbone of a donkey. What, what, what a, what a useless weapon, right? Against armed one thousand to one. And yet when the Spirit of God came on him, he slayed 1,000 soldiers of and enemies of Israel with the jawbone of a donkey. And when he got through looking at all of those bodies stacked up that God had used him so supernaturally, you know what he said? Heaps upon heaps, I have slain a 1,000 men. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, there's a problem, isn't there? I have slain. Do you see self-sufficiency coming into play? Pride beginning to rear its ugly head? Instead of recognizing, <laughs> he should have been astonished. But he was used to God using him, tearing the gates off a city that armies couldn't break down, killing a young lion when he was just a young kid himself. And friend of mine, when God uses us supernaturally, we need to remember and understand that it's God and not us. And we need to give Him the credit and give Him the glory. And if a trial comes to remind us, we need to see that trial as precious instead of just a problem in our life. Amen. And trust in God and lean more on the Lord. You know, when Samson said that the moment he said that, he decided that that hill should be named for this great accomplishment of his. And he said we should name that hill the hill of the jawbone. And everybody see that passes it would know that a man under God's anointing slayed a thousand soldiers with nothing more than the jawbone of a donkey. And when that was out of his mouth, because that was in his heart, he dropped to the ground and felt like he was dying and cried out unto the Lord. Now, I'm going to speculate that being used supernaturally certainly didn't make him supernatural. And it will not you or I either. And he was so dehydrated from being used mightily like that, that he was about to die of dehydration. He felt that weak. 
instead of all of that strength. He felt and sensed his own weakness and inability without God and God's provision of sufficient grace. Listen, it's especially important to all of us who have received the baptism in the Holy Ghost and we understand the power of God that we have. And yet we are still emotional beings We can't use power to overcome depression. We can't use power to overcome oppression. We can't use power to take care of everything. We have to find that that allows that power to work a work within us and not just deliver us from everything. Listen, he cried out to God in his weakness. And God said, look in the jawbone. And there was a provision for him. In his weakness, only in his weakness would this appear. There was water in that jawbone. Then that, that hollow of the jawbone, there was water. God had made a provision for his weakness when he sensed it. And he drank of that water. And his strength came again. And he knew it was God's grace, God's mercy that had sustained him. Change the name of the hill. (laughs) Amen. He said, I'm not going to call this the hill of the jawbone and take the credit and the glory for this great accomplishment. I'm going to call it the well of him that cried. (laughs) Hallelujah. I cried to God for mercy and except for the grace and mercy of God, I wouldn't be standing here today. Amen. You see, that's what Paul discovered. When I am weak... And this trial causes me to sense my weakness, my inability to cope without the sufficiency of God's grace and His tender mercies. Then am I made strong. It changed his perspective on the trial God allowed him to go through, not take him from. And he said, "This I'm going to take pleasure in the pressure. <laughs> now, what's the devil going to do with all that pressure brought to bear when he sees a man rejoicing instead of retreating? <laughs> Hallelujah. This is wisdom from above. This is not the wisdom of the world and not the wisdom of some hyper-faith ministries today. This is wisdom from above. And it will take us through anything and everything that we have to face. That's why Peter began by telling those people under the pressure of testing. He told them, your faith is on the line. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Hallelujah. See, instead of wringing his hands, Paul began to raise his hands. Hallelujah. And praise God anyhow. Because he knew the purpose of the trial, and he knew that God's grace would take him through it. Now, let's continue to read here today. First Peter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. He was telling them, you are, you are trapped in time. And right now, because you are in 
time. Everything is, is limited by time. You're going through pressure and problems. You've got to look beyond this time of testing and look to what's waiting for you when time gives away to eternity. Praise God. Amen. Sometimes, as as the Scripture said, I, I think the Apostle Paul said this as well, I, I suppose the suffering of this present world is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed on to us and see on that day. He looked past this day to that day. And sometimes we have to look past what we're going through this day to that day to get through this day. To not just survive this day and this trial, but to begin to thrive in it. Praise God. Listen, we are called to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, though it be tried with fire. Peter went on to say, Think it not strange in other places. Think it not strange the fiery trial that has come to try you as some strange thing has happened unto you. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able or enabled to bear, <laughs> who will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. When I see escape, I see escape from it, not an enablement to bear it and bear up under it and thrive and not just survive through it so that other people see that Christians do not live in a bubble, but we live in a covenant with God where He promises to go with us through everything that we are going to face and to grant to us the grace and peace that we need whenever these trials and tests come. I like what Keith Green saying. He said, He brought me here where things are clear. And trials turn to gold. We're told to greatly rejoice, even though now for a season, if necessary, we are in heaviness through many different kinds of trials and testings. Turn with me to James, if you will, in the book of James, because we're going to see this playing out again, God's wisdom about trials and testings and how we're to reevaluate them in the light of God's word and God's wisdom. Listen, James chapter 1, James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ and to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. My brethren, here's the reevaluation. My brethren, count it all joy 
when you fall into diverse temptations, many different kinds of testings, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, now in the general sense, it's wisdom concerning anything, but in this context in particular, it's wisdom concerning the trials and testings that we will face and many of us go through in this fallen world. Amen. Listen, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now we're told to ask in faith and not doubting. Amen. And not be double-minded about this. Praise God. Listen, let's go back to First Peter once again. When trials become precious, and when the when the Apostle Paul said he says things like, I will take pleasure in necessities and in persecutions. What happens then? Everything changes. And trials only become precious when we see the value of trusting Christ completely and discover the power and peace of total dependency. The Apostle Paul said it well in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, When I am weak, then am I strong. A preacher who was mighty in the pulpit and and known as a prince of preachers had the first megachurch many, many years ago, C.H. Spurgeon. This is what he said. You know, when I've read about his life and ministry and many of his messages and how God used him so mightily, I, I looked up to him as a paragon of spiritual power and ability. A man who you would never think would ever be down. A man you would never think would never have to feel the heaviness of trial and test. And <laughs> certainly not a man who, who, who would cry out like Samson for help <laughs> to discover the strength of God, but someone who was so mighty. But listen to what he said about himself and to us in, in this understanding of trials and tests and what they are to produce within our life. And when we trust God through them, this is how precious they become. I'm going to quote him. It said, We are not strong when we compliment ourselves upon our ability. Oh, isn't that refreshing to hear? So many successful ministries and ministers, uh, there is a pride and an arrogance and even a cavalier attitude in many instead of a humility and, and a, a Christ-like humility. Listen, we are not strong when we compliment ourselves upon our ability. And we are strong when under a sense of absolute inability, we depend wholly upon God. Every God-called man has experienced that strength in our weakness. Creature strength brings forth nothing which has life in it. Only the seed in which the Creator puts into the hand of our weakness will produce a harvest. It is well to be nothing. It is still, it is better still to be less than nothing. 
he said. He went on to say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. You shall bear up triumphantly and come out of the furnace refined to the praise and glory of your God. When we are growing weak and when we're becoming weaker and weaker, when we seem to faint into a deeper swoon than ever to as our own strength could provide, till death is written upon every power we once thought we had, and we feel that we can do absolutely nothing apart from the Holy Spirit, then we are strong indeed. And then he goes on to say, let me persuade you to make a full confession of weakness to the Lord. Say, Lord, I cannot do what I ought to do. I cannot do what I want to do. I cannot do what I used to do. What a terrible confession, huh? I cannot do what other people do. I cannot do what I feel impelled to do. And over this sinful weakness, I mourn than add. Lord, I long to serve you perfectly, yet I cannot do it unless thou help me. I can do nothing aright. There will be no good in my actions, my words, my feelings, or my desires unless you continue to fill me with your own holy energy. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Brother, You are strong while you plead in that fashion. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and He will strengthen you now that you're emptied of self. How true it is, when I am weak, then am I made strong. Hallelujah. I'm going to give a hand clap where it is deserved today. If you're going through a trial and test, don't think you're unique, that your faith has failed or God's faithfulness has failed you. You're about to discover, if you will just not give up on God, you're about to discover the sufficiency of grace and the power of peace that passes understanding in your life today. God doesn't always speak to the troubled sea to be still. He doesn't always say peace be still to the outward circumstance, but he will always speak peace be still to the storm it's created in your heart and in your mind. Hallelujah. And I believe he's doing that today. God's going to raise you up. God's going to take you through. If he doesn't take you from, he's going to take you through. You're going to discover the precious place of trials and tests. You'll do it as you look back, but you would have hope because you know God is at work when it feels like that He's not anywhere near. Amen. You see, the world runs from trouble, tries to escape reality through drugs and drink and illicit sex and every sinful thing they can find to take their mind off their trouble. The world runs from trouble and tries to escape reality. We as Christians run to God in the time of trouble and find reality. The real genuine peace and power and the divine adequacy of sufficient grace and a peace that passes all understanding. 
Oh, dear friend, today, if you're going through trial, you're going through tests, you have questions, remember the song, remember the great song, I'm learning to lean, learning to lean, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. After all of these years in ministry, almost 50, I'm still learning. Every trial that comes, every test that comes, reminds me of how weak I am and how much I need the grace, the mercy, the supernatural strength that only God can grant me. Oh, I lean on Jesus. I lean on Jesus. Today, dear Christian friend, lean heavily upon the Lord. Look to Him for that that you do not possess in yourself. And today, if you're not a Christian, you don't have anybody to lean on. You have no one to look to but a certain fearful looking for judgment to come. You're alone without hope in this world. That can change. That can change. Right here and right now. Repent of your sin. Come to Jesus. Yea, run to Jesus. Receive Him as your Savior. Receive God's pardon. God's forgiveness and His commitment to never leave you, to never forsake you, but to go with you all the way unto the end of the age and to take you to live with Him forever, age without end. In Jesus' name.